This is Garrison Hardy pinch hitting for Pastor Toby for this Friday, June 24th, 2022. Today, we'll cover Supreme Court strikes down New York concealed carry restrictions. Excellent. Nancy Pelosi's husband charged in his DUI case. Finally, the military vaccine mandate is under review as unvaccinated public servants return to work. And we'll end with the topic that I love, sports. So let's get into it, shall we? First, we'll start with the Supreme Court striking down that New York concealed carry restriction. In the state of New York, State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin, the Supreme Court has ruled that a New York gun control law that required citizens to show proper cause to obtain a concealed carry license is in violation of the Constitution. The vote broke down on party lines 6-3 to three in the 135-page opinion with the majority opinion written by Justice Clarence Thomas. I was talking to Knox about him earlier today, and he's just brilliant. Thomas was joined in the majority by Justices Roberts, Alito, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett. The opinion discusses the New York state law that made it a crime to own a firearm without a license, whether that possession was inside the home or external to it. The only way for New Yorkers to obtain an unrestricted permit was to prove that they had proper cause to do so. You know, like your God-given right. A person had to demonstrate a special need for self-protection distinguishable from that of the general community. Two men, Brandon Coach and Robert Nash, applied for these permits that and had then been denied. They are adult law-abiding New York's residents who wanted to have the opportunity for self-defense. They were found by authorities to not have good enough reasons for wanting to carry, and so their permits were denied as they brought suit. The two claim that both their Second and Fourth Amendment rights had been violated by the denial. Thomas writes that, quote, New York's proper cause requirement violates the Fourth Amendment by preventing law-abiding citizens with ordinary self-defense needs from exercising their Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms in public for self-defense. It is undisputed that petitioners Coach and Nash, two ordinary law-abiding adult citizens, are part of the people whom the Second Amendment protects, Thomas and further citing Heller. And no party disputes that handguns are weapons in common use today for self-defense, he wrote. The court has little difficulty concluding that also the plain text of the Second Amendment protects coaches and Nash's proposed course of conduct, carrying handguns publicly for self-defense. Nothing in the Second Amendment's text draws a home public distinction with respect to the right to keep and bear arms, and the definition of bear naturally encompasses public carry. Moreover, the Second Amendment guarantees an individual right to possess and carry weapons in case of confrontation, and confrontations can certainly take place outside the home. As to the state of New York's contention, Thomas writes that the court concludes that respondents have failed to meet their burden to identify an American tradition justifying New York's proper cause requirement. The constitutional right to bear arms in public for self-defense is not a second-class right, subject to an entirely different body of rules than that other of the Bill of Rights guarantees. The court states, citing McDonald. Wow. Well, well played, but just a reminder, folks, we need to keep our foot on the gas pedal and keep looking for more trouble on the horizon because, as the guys talked about in their show regarding Buzz Lightyear, the left is going to keep pushing and keep putting money into what they believe. So, 
we need to keep pushing forward. This year, our national conference is in Knoxville, Tennessee, October 6th through the 8th. The theme of this year's conference is lies, propaganda, storytelling, and the serrated edge. Satan is the father of lies, and the mother of those lies is a government who has rejected God. We have especially been lied to these last two years, and the COVID panic has been one of the central mechanisms that our government has used to lie to us and to grab more power. Because Christians have not been reading their Bibles, we are susceptible to lies and weak in our ability to fight these lies. God has given us his word to fight Satan and his lies, and we need to recover all of God's word, its serrated edge, and all. So mark your calendars for October 6th through the 8th as we fight, laugh, and feast with fellowship, beer, and psalms, our amazing lineup of speakers, hanging with our awesome vendors, and meeting new friends along the way. Early bird tickets are available right now, but they're going to be gone before you know it. End of June, as a matter of fact. You're running out of time. Sign up now at flfnetwork.com slash Knoxville 2022 and get that early bird pricing. Again, that's flfnetwork.com. Sign up there. From one legal battle to another, Nancy Pelosi's husband charged in DUI case. This is from the Washington Examiner. Paul Pelosi, the husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, was charged Thursday in connection to a car crash in California last month. The 82-year-old was charged with driving under the influence of alcohol, causing injury, and driving with a 0.8% blood alcohol level, according to the Napa County District Attorney's Office. Based upon the extent of the injuries suffered by the victim, the district attorney filed misdemeanor charges. This decision is consistent with how our office handles these cases with similar injuries. That is from the office making that statement. Paul Pelosi had been driving a 2021 Porsche 911 toward a Pelosi country house in Napa Valley around 10 p.m. local time on May 28th when a Jeep rammed into his vehicle as he attempted to cross the highway, the New York Times reported. No one was injured in the incident. Pelosi was booked at Napa County Jail on suspicion of driving under the influence with a blood alcohol level of 0.8 or higher and was released several hours later after posting $5,000 in bail. That's according to records. He expected to appear in Napa County Superior Court at 8.30 a.m. Pacific time on August 3rd, the county district attorney's office said last Thursday. The punishment for driving under the influence causing injury is a, mis- as is a misdemeanor is set by California law. It includes up to five years of probation, a minimum of five days in jail, installation of an ignition interlock device, fines and fees, completion of a court-ordered drinking driver class, and other terms as appropriate. That's according to the district attorney's office on Thursday. Prior to the accident, Paul Pelosi underwent a cataract surgery, and the night bef- that was the night before, he had attended a dinner with Alexander Murren, a friend of Democratic donor, that's according to the New York Times. A previous statement from a representative for Paul Pelosi said he was alone in his car. CBS News reported, adding that he was fully cooperative with authorities. When asked for comment on charges, a spokesperson for Nancy Pelosi said uh, that they are declining for comment at this time, end quote. (laughs) Uh, I suppose it's not too shocking. Military vaccine mandate under review as unvaccinated public servants return to work. This is according to the Epoch Times. Unvaccinated public servants were allowed back to work on June 20th, including civilians of the Department of National Defense, DND. But unvaccinated Canadian Armed Forces, CAF, Personnel will have to wait for their employer's review of the vaccine mandate to know their fate. 
Given guidance from the Treasury Board, we are currently reviewing the CDS, Chief of Defense Staff, directives on COVID-19 vaccination in order to maintain a safe environment and while remaining ready to conduct CAF operations in support of Canadians at home and around the world. That's according to DND said in an emailed statement on June 22nd. In the meantime, the CDS directives remain in effect for CAF members until further notice. My gosh, they just refuse to let go of power. The CDS directive, which was issued in October, allowed for exemptions under medical, religious, or human rights grounds, but not many have been granted. Out of 1,300 exemption requests, DND says that as of May 31st, only 157 were granted with 98 for religious reasons, 42 for medical reasons, and 17 for other reasons, which can include claims of discrimination under the Canadian Human Rights Act. The department says that as of June 15th, the voluntary release of 103 regular forces members has been granted by the CAF. Those members cited the directive on vaccination as primary reason for seeking release. Another 234 CAF members have been released non-voluntarily for not complying with the directive. As of June 15th, 805 soldiers face remedial measures. If the CAF judges those measures to be unsuccessful, further administrative actions can be taken, leading to release. DND says 463 personnel are under administrative review. Lawyer Philip Miller, a CAF combat arms veteran, is representing about 30 armed force members affected by the vaccine mandate. He predicts the CDS will not expedite the review in order to release as many non-compliant personnel as possible. Unbelievable. He said this, Now that it's clear that the mandates are untenable and unjustifiable, the CDS is dragging its feet because the longer they wait, the more people get released. End quote. That is disgusting. Miller was set to debate a motion in court on the CAF vaccine mandate this week, but the hearing was postponed. I'm sure they knew the motion was going to be successful, and that's why the government changed it. But they're playing games with people's lives, he says. Unbelievable. And he summed it up perfectly. And hey, if you're looking for a new job, I've got just the place for you. Red Balloon. Not long ago, the American dream was live and well. Employees who worked hard were rewarded, but employees looked for people who could do the job, not for people who had the right political views. Red Balloon Work is a job site, redballoon.work, there we go, is a job site designed to get us back to what made American businesses successful. Free speech, hard work, and having fun. If you are a free speech employer who wants to hire employees who focus on their work and not identity politics, then post a job on Red Balloon. If you're an employee who's being censored at work or is being forced to comply with the current zeitgeist and it changes on the daily, post your resume on Red Balloon and look for a new job. Redballoon.work, the job site where free speech is still alive. Now, for the topic that I love, sports. Quarterback Arch Manning. I'm sure a lot of you football fans recognize that name. He's in the Manning family. The number one recruit in the 2023 class commits to the University of Texas. The recruitment of blue-chip quarterback Arch Manning, a rare collision of talent, pedigree, and possibility captivated college football for years. Manning ended the intrigue Thursday afternoon, committing to Texas over suitors that included Georgia. By the way, Georgia just won the national championship. Alabama, LSU, Clemson, and Virginia. Although Manning has long been considered the top player in the class of 2023, the family remained intent on keeping 
his recruitment as low-key as possible, which is tough to do with a Manning name. His Instagram is private, and he has not been active participant in name, image, and likeness opportunities. But keeping things low-key has been difficult, considering the family's football history and the magnitude of how much his decision could sway a program's fortune. Manning even used his first tweet to make the announcement on a verified Twitter account with a bio that simply says, high school student. I guess I wouldn't expect much more from a Manning. Manning, uh, the Texas coach Steve Sarkeesian also reacted to Manning's announcement, first retweeting his new quarterback recruit, then writing, all gas, no breaks, in a follow-up post. Manning is nephew of Eli and Peyton Manning, a grandson of Archie Manning, and son of former Ole Miss wide receiver Cooper Manning. He's a star quarterback at Isidore Newman High School in New Orleans throwing it for 5,700 yards and 72 touchdowns in his first three years of high school football and has been considered a top-flight prospect since middle school. Any morsel of news around the quarterback has rippled significantly through the recruit, recruiting universe. The commitment of Manning's high school teammate and close friend Will Randall, a three-star tight end who committed to Texas earlier this week, drew interest as it represented a bellwether for where Manning could be learning. Manning's commitment to Texas represents him both carving his own path and perhaps reuniting with the family's SEC roots because, remember, Texas joined the SEC. Potentially bad decision. The Manning family has been strong, has strong ties at Ole Miss and Tennessee, and Arch Manning could end up as a link to the SEC as he could be Texas's starting quarterback in 2025 when the Longhorns are slated to debut in the conference. The commitment represents Texas's num first number one recruit, in the ESPN 300 era since 2006, and its first quarterback ranked in the top 20 since Garrett Gilbert in 2009. It also gives Texas a key building block for its 2023 recruiting class, with skill players expected to be attracted to playing with a talent such as Manning. The decision marks a massive win for Sarkeesian, especially coming off of a 5-7 and seven debut season that included a home loss to Kansas. Kansas! Manning's decision reaffirms Sarkeesian as one of the country's top quarterback tutors and Texas as a quarterback destination. Sarkeesian is the Longhorns play caller and has coached such quarterbacks as Tua Tagovailoa, Mac Jones, and Matt Leinart. Thanks for tuning into this Cross Politic Daily News Brief. If you liked the show, hit that share button for me. If you want to sign up for our upcoming FLF conference, sign up now at flfnetwork.com. And remember, early bird pricing, folks, ends uh, at the end of June, as a matter of fact. And if you want to chat about becoming a corporate partner of CrossPolitik, let's talk. Email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. For CrossPolitik News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great day, and Lord bless. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time.